Welcome to the podcast, the special events studio, COVID Conversations. My name is Scott North. I am the sales manager for TO Live. TO Live manages the three City of Toronto theaters, Meridian Hall and the St. Lawrence Centre downtown and Meridian Arts Centre uptown. My responsibility is to get private, non-ticketed special events into all three venues. We were about to launch the special event studio podcast when COVID-19 hit. Because we were now living in a different world, we want to get some perspective from my colleagues in the event industry and how they are managing. Welcome to the podcast, the special event studio, COVID Conversations. I'm here with our producer, Will Cook. Will, how are you doing today? I'm great, Scott. Thanks for asking. And, and Will, just before we get going, can you just tell us a little bit about your role and, and past roles, uh, your role with TO Live right now? Uh, absolutely. So I'm the uh, social media specialist uh, for private events at TO Live. So I, I, I head up all the uh, online marketing efforts that are specific to private events at our three venues. Formerly, I, I worked at Queen's Park for a couple summers as a social media coordinator there. Um, and then uh, more recently, I worked at an Indigenous charity group called Inspire, who held uh, two large uh, national events every year, the Inspire Awards and the Soaring, um, targeting at, at uh, Indigenous excellence in the latter and uh, Indigenous excellence in education in the former. So that's, uh, that's me. Perfect. And, and Will, is, uh, he puts this entire podcast together and, and gets it out for us. Will does a great job. And as I told you earlier, I am the sales manager at TO Live. Uh, been here, it'll be 10 years in June. And uh, prior to that, I was uh, across the street, actually, at uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame. Managed events and sales over there uh, for about 10 years over there. And in between, I, I, I ran a, an event business. So a little, that's a little bit about Will and I. And let's just jump right into it. Kyle Brooks is the CEO at Bespoke Audiovisual. Kyle, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much for coming on, Kyle. How are you doing? How's your family? Uh, we're good. I mean, we're as good as can be expected. Two little ones here, and uh, both my wife and I are trying to run our businesses from from home. Uh, but we're we're fine. We've uh, we've adjusted to it, and um, trying to stick to a little bit of a schedule with the kids. So we're we're okay. Thanks. Okay. Good. Good to hear. So so let's say let's start with pre-COVID. What kind of things were you up to with Bespoke Audiovisual? Yeah, so our business is full-service technical event production. We touch all of the technical disciplines, lighting, audio, video, uh, content development, uh, webcasting. And so we would work on projects like um, corporate annual meetings, um, uh, galas, media work. Um, we also have a whole host of, of uh, we call it dry rental. So... Uh, other production companies that would rent our equipment for use on their own events. So, so another company like a competitor that would not have yeah. equipment. Oh, yeah, we often rent. Uh, we often rent amongst ourselves, and maybe it's like the best held secret in the uh, in the AV and production business <laughs> that um, you know, none of us own everything. So we all rent from each other when we uh, when we need. We help each other out. Well, Kyle, you realize that there there will eventually be about a million people hearing this podcast, so it's no longer a secret, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and hey, at the end of this, uh, anything that you want us to edit out, we can do that too. Just keep that in mind. 
Yeah. Okay. No problem. Thanks. So, so, so cross renting. So companies, you, you cross rent. So, so you have good relationships with your competitors then. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, I mean, it's a, it, in one respect is, you know, we call it a small community. I mean, we're pretty tight knit. Most of us know each other. Um, uh, on the other hand, as I, you know, as I look at this as an industry, um, you know, we are, we are, uh, by my estimates, based on the crisis, we're somewhere in the, you know, in the 10,000 workers. Um, um, you know, the AV industry often gets lumped in with hospitality and event services, travel and tourism. So it's hard for us to pull out specific data that relates to the AV industry, but um, we're a big group. I mean, I estimate, um, uh, based on the work we've been doing with the 100 or so other AV companies in the country, that um, we're somewhere in the $750 million um, annual revenue. Wow. That's that's crazy. Now, okay, so you're you're doing... Okay, you know my world with, with private events, corporate events, the town halls, the... So you do all that, but then you're also involved with like public ticketed stuff like concerts and that, that type of event as well. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we touch anything that has a technical component to it, lighting, sound, staging. Um, uh, we have, uh, there were 60 on my team uh, pre-crisis. Of that, there were um, 12 production managers. Each of those would work on multiple projects at a time. And they can vary from, uh, from like I said, from a, from a small rental of a piece of equipment up to a, you know, up to a multi-day event, conference, gala, concert. Okay, and then uh, are you also, are you like an in-house uh, provider for any venues? Yeah, I'm really, I'm really lucky. We have a couple of facilities that we work in. Um, you know, we're not really the kind of firm that does sort of installed projectors in the ceiling or drop-down screens, that kind of thing that you'd find in a hotel, in a hotel meeting room. Um, we really are more of a boutique um uh, event firm and so we have facilities such as uh, the Ripley's Aquarium we're in-house there and um, have been now for the last couple of years and they really needed somebody who would be you know high touch with them they have uh, they have a lot of rules and restrictions around how to work with the animals how to move in and out um, sound levels and lighting levels um, uh, so it's those kinds of facilities that we look at I have a great relationship with uh, with the TMX and um, for anyone who's listening that doesn't know, the TMX is rolling out a new, uh, new, beautiful state-of-the-art event facility um, uh, that's going to launch later in the year, um, uh, and uh, and we will be the in-house uh, the in-house vendor working with them on that. That's the that's the kind of facility that we that we look at. Okay, so sorry, so, excuse my lack of knowledge. What is TMX? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, the TMX Group is the is the global firm that owns the TSX, the Toronto Stock Exchange. Okay. Um, so they have so they have the the exchange that they run. The the TSX is a virtual exchange, um, and uh, and they also run a an events facility. They have a facility right now um, where they do the market opens and closes, and they have a growing need for it. So the clients that list on the TSX um, have been looking for more space and. Uh, so the, the TMX group responded and built this facility over at uh, 100 Adelaide West. Um, it'll come online in, uh, in late, well, later this year, depending on when construction starts again after, after COVID. And, and so they, they have not started it yet? No, it's mostly built. In fact, before the crisis, it was largely built. I mean, I think the walls were up, the drywall was up. Um, 
uh, we were looking at, uh, you know, at, at, uh, at equipment requirements. So I, I think it's largely built. Um, I think it's on hold right now, but it will come back online shortly. And, and they're still aiming to have it launch uh, later this year. And, and I, my, my interest in it is that they, you know, certainly downtown, they're a competitor to some of our venues. How, how many, what kind of size are we looking at? Yeah, they're, they're relatively small. I don't think, I mean, the, 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 the max, the max capacity in there, I think is going to be a couple hundred. It's really meant for sort of small to medium meeting space. Um, and I think it's primarily going to be looking at the clients that are traded on the TSX. Uh, it'll gotcha. be a rental facility. They'll be looking to, to rent it out, but uh, it's really to service the needs of the, of the clients on the TSX. Very interesting. And congratulations for nailing that one. Um, so you, you have alluded, you touched on this crisis, this pandemic, COVID-19 that we're in the middle of. Um, like, are you, are you completely shut down now? Are your team of 60, are they laid off, furloughed, whatever you want to call it? Yeah, it's a little bit of a complicated response because um, uh, we've done a couple of different things. So our physical plant is shut down. Uh, we have a warehouse both in Toronto and in Ottawa, and both physical locations are shut down. Um, I furloughed uh, 40 of the 40 of the 60, uh, which means they they went off onto uh, onto an insurance program. We kept their benefits active. Uh, we had 20 staff stay on, trying really to keep our complement up for planning for the fall. Um, sure. We we've always worked online. That's always been a tool of ours to deliver uh, to deliver our work. We've had to pivot a little bit to work exclusively online. So um, our team has been has been retooling those service offerings to to go exclusively online. Um, and then we do have a couple of our clients that are considered uh, essential services, banks, insurance companies, and so they have had to conduct some work. They've had to. Uh, host their AGM. Some of them are, are legally mandated. The banks have to have an AGM by um, uh, by law of the Bank Act. Yeah. Um, so as a result of that, we've been we've been doing a little bit of um, of on-site work, and um, you know it's been really interesting to see this this evolve and trying to trying to take you know when we work on site, we work in close knit quarters. We work right beside each other. Uh, we're often handling equipment together. So coming up with a protocol to make that workplace safe was, um, was, was interesting, challenging, um, and, uh, we've now gotten pretty good at it. So can you, can you run us through what that might look like? So so you're you're actually going in, you're going into, let's say a bank and, and, uh, doing like setting up a virtual AGM for them kind of thing. Yep, that's right. Yep, um, one of our clients is a bank, and um, uh, what would have been an in-person meeting uh, converted to an entirely um, an entirely audience-free meeting. The uh, the the panelists still met in a in a room and and conducted the meeting, but um, the rest of it was uh, the rest of the audience was virtual. But if you imagine um, for a meeting like that, we have multiple different audiences. So we we send the meeting out over webcast. We send it out over teleconference. Uh, for this particular meeting, there was a, a also a voting platform, and then all of those have to be delivered in both English and French. Uh, the visual platforms have to be have to then also have um, English and French captioning. Um, so the complexity of it is pretty significant. That was uh, a crew of about uh, eight people to run that. 
Um, and we took over, uh, you know, essentially an entire floor. Um, we spaced people out in their workspaces. We broke people up into teams, so there was no more than two people in a room. Um, uh, we actually um, we actually crafted some solutions for question management, which allowed my team to receive questions electronically, vet them, send them to a printer that was in another room, so that they didn't have to physically interact with uh, with the clients, and then uh, and then those questions were delivered to. Um, to the panelists in hard copy. Awesome. In, you know, I've talked with a fair amount of people. Uh, you're, you're the, you're episode two, Kyle, but uh, in trying to set this up, talked with a, a few people and, and you know what it's, it's, it is good that you, your company is still able at least to generate a little bit of revenue because most are not um, in, in this. Bit. Yeah. It's, it, it's been, um, sorry to cut you off. No, no worries. Um, you know, it's been catastrophic. We're doing about 10% of what we did uh, this time last year. Um, wow. You know, we're actually coming up to a period of time in the in the in the calendar that tends to be very slow for us because I don't do a whole lot of festival work. Um, the summer actually tends to slow down for us. Um, so what we've got our eye on right now is the fall and how we come back into the fall because the vast majority of our revenue is made in those last two quarters. Um, and, uh, you know, if we lose the fall or if it's significantly different than, than what we've seen in the past, that means a, that means a pretty big change for, for us. Yeah. Well, I, obviously 10% is a pretty big change. That is catastrophic. Um, but now, so how do you foresee us coming out on the other side of this? Oh, you know, I, I, if I could, if I could look into the crystal ball and have that answer, I'd be a valuable commodity. Um, <laughs> you know, the best we can do is is try to read our contacts. Um, you know, we've got our business associations lobbying for us. All of our uh, all of our event associations are lobbying for us, and and trying to read the the temperature of the municipal and the the provincial governments. Um, um, you know, I think. I, th I think it's reasonable to say we're going to see very little gathering until into the fall. And um, when that does start to happen, it'll start in, in small groups. Um, you know, I think one of the challenges or one of the opportunities for us is going to be in how we adapt these, these events to be appropriately physically distant and, and safe. Um, uh, you know, when you talk about tripling the amount of space that we need to leave for a for a person in a in a meeting um you know extrapolate that out to a thousand or two thousand person event um, and the space constraints start to become staggering awe-inspiring so i don't see that when you look at the cost benefit equation of uh, of hosting these events i don't see those physical requirements making it possible that we can that we can hold these these larger scale events um, that's uh, well, you you know Matt Farrell from TO Live. Matt's uh, our our VP of Ops. Uh, I was talking to him last week, and he was he had to he had to go into the Meridian Hall to to do some uh, figuring out. And in the theater, he was figuring that he took a six foot radius around one seat. You would have to knock out thirty six seats. So in our theater of almost thirty two hundred, you're looking at about ninety people. Um, mm -hmm. In that theater. Now you you also know uh, Bespoke AV has has done a lot of things with TO Live, and and uh, Kyle, you know that we are a union house. So, um, can you picture a big concert 
with 90 people in it when it, when you know there's still a full union crew. Well, and even for a big concert, you would have multiple union guys. How do they even do that with maintaining social distance? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think these are all things that uh, that we're starting to think about now, uh, and it's why I don't think you know what I've been telling to my team is let's let's wrap our heads around the fact that we're not going to see any meaningful gathering and and by meaningful i just mean scale i don't mean substance um uh, we're not going to see any meaningful gathering of people until we see a vaccine for this uh, for this virus um you know from our from our modeling we're thinking 18 to 24 months before we are are back to where we were pre-crisis um, that's not to say that there isn't business between now and there and there is and there's a lot of interesting business you know we're doing yeah. a lot of work with um, with online conferences and trying to pioneer this virtual, uh, the virtual gala. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity. I also think um, when we start to see gatherings coming back, there's going to need to be a hybrid between the in-person and the, and the, and the online experience. Um, if you've only got the ability to have a hundred people in an event that, that used to have 500 people, we still need to get to those other 400 people. They still need to participate. We still need to tell stories. Um, and so the challenge for those of us that are working in, in these online platforms is to find a way to bridge that gap. And I think we're, we're making some really interesting headway with um, tools that delegates could use both in the room and out of the room mm -hmm. um, so that uh, you know, you're experiencing this through a, through a device, whether it be your laptop or a, or a handheld. And the only difference for you is how you're consuming the, the content, whether live on stage or live through your device. Other than that, the experience can be, can be similar. Um, you know, that I think will be, a, will be a fundamental change for us. And it's somewhere where we're seeing some opportunity. And, and definitely that we are in this and and having to you know all these virtual meetings and whatnot uh prior to this i i i did not really enjoy those now that it's obviously a necessity i'm certainly now more comfortable with them and and uh i i think that that's going to be i'm not the only one that's 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 happening to so that will certainly have an influence when we come out of this and and when we are having to look at different types of events yeah um I think when this you know when this started and there was an immediate need for people to be video conferencing and everybody hopped on zoom and and started having you know really sort of mediocre calls and mute buttons were left on and yeah. lighting was poor and camera placement was poor um you know I was finding it pretty hard to to get inspired in that environment um but now that we've passed the initial crisis and our clients are starting to ask us how do okay so what do we do next how do we integrate this into a workflow first of all for the people who need to do meetings um but how do we you know how do we take this to a creative level and, and really it it just becomes the tool that we deliver the project with just like any other it used to be screens and projectors it used to be lights and speakers and now it's going to be um an online platform and so therefore the only limitation is how creative we can get with it um we can do everything from you know, breakout rooms and uh, sponsor lounges, photo booths, we can do, uh, you know, essentially everything that we used to do in a live event, we can do in a virtual community. Um, uh, we, it's, it's, it's only just limited by how creative we're willing to get. Okay, so let, let me ask you this, when you are in like one of these Zoom meetings and you got 20 people on, on that you can see on your screen and, and 
some are all blurred and cut out and even when they're speaking when they're when they're you know they don't mute their mic obviously and then others are crystal clear and sound sound is that is that because they've got like higher end equipment or how does that work yeah i think you've you've highlighted probably the you know the main deficiency that we're that we're struggling with which is that we're subject to the the hardware that people have and the bandwidth that they're connected to okay um now each of those things are tackleable though um we've developed what we call a presenter kit which is a computer a webcam a little led brick light and a usb microphone that we can ship to our to our clients so as long as they can open it and get it online we have then got remote control over that computer and we can and we can help um, we can do things like encourage people to plug their computers directly into their routers, which often helps with, uh, with bandwidth issues. Yeah. Um, but beyond that too, you know, back yourself out of, out of this mentality of a zoom meeting, you know, what we're doing right now is working to bring people into a studio space virtually. We go grab them using a video conference tool like zoom in the background, um, depending on the security environment that, that we're working in, you know, we, we can use any conference tool. A lot of the, um, a lot of our corporate clients have got limitations on what tools they'll, they'll permit you to use. Um, uh, so I, I'm really platform agnostic in that respect. We can work in any platform. Okay. So if you imagine we bring these people into the studio virtually, uh, we, we, pull them out of that environment. We bring them into a hardware solution, like in our, in our equipment, and we cut a show the way that we normally would uh, if we were on site, which means we can layer in graphics. We can, uh, you know, we can put up a lower third with a title or a bug with a logo. Um, and then you're really talking about cutting something that's really interesting and dynamic as opposed to gallery view in a, in a conference call um, and, and people sort of, clumsily bumping bumping along through the meeting. Yeah. I've seen many of those. Mm. Well, Kyle, listen, um, you know what you the it's actually it's been some of the things you're talking about are exciting and and uh that that we don't have to be back to where we started before. So that's kind of some refreshing news that I have not heard from a lot of people. So thank you for sharing that and uh Anything else you want to add before we close her up? Um, well, thanks. I mean, it's been nice to talk to you. Yeah, I'm trying to find the opportunities that we can. Uh, you know, the reality is I didn't start this business to work in this level of, in this, in this type of platform. But uh, this is what we've got, and, and we're going to try and be as creative as we can with it. Um, you know, our focus for the immediate future is on things like um, the wage subsidy program and what the government is going to do around extending that program or targeting that program to uh, to help businesses like ours or industries like ours. Um, you know, my fear right now is that the rest of the, um, you know, the province starts to come back and the, and the rest of the country starts to come back and people start to go back to work. And those of us that are uh, that that make our livings off of group gatherings um, uh, have a significantly smaller voice once that starts to happen. So my time and effort right now are, are spent on, on trying to, to lobby our industry associations and government to continue those programs. Well, perfect. Perfect. Well, Kyle, uh, all the best to you and your family and to, to your company and, uh, to, to this road through this crisis that we're in and, and back to what will be a new normal. All the best to you. Thanks, Scott. I appreciate it.
While our doors are closed for the moment, we certainly still are working into the future. If you need anything, don't hesitate to shoot me an email at scott.north at tolive.com. That's S-C-O-T-T dot N-O-R-T-H at T-O-L-I-V-E dot com. Thank you very much for listening.